Welcome to your daily cup of true crime in 15 minutes or less from Hot Crime Cold Coffee. Listener discretion advised due to sensitive material and some violence. These daily episodes are brought to you Monday through Friday in addition to our regular weekly episodes that you can find on Wednesdays and Fridays. Today is Monday, November 7th, and Friday's true crime trivia question was, which person has been on the run since December 7th of 1973 and is currently on the U.S. Marshals' 15 most wanted fugitives list? And the answer is Lester Eubanks. Lester Eubanks was featured on Netflix's remake of Unsolved Mysteries, and he's been wanted for over 50 years. Lester Eubanks sat at one time on death row in Ohio for the murder of 14-year-old Mary Ellen Diener. On December 7th of 1973, Eubanks was granted a temporary furlough to leave prison and go Christmas shopping at a mall in Columbus, Ohio because It was a reward for good behavior. He was never seen or heard from again. How he disappeared is a mystery beyond me, especially with him being on death row, but also a violent criminal who murdered someone. A lot of tips were received after he was featured on Unsolved Mysteries, including pictures of him with family members in Los Angeles, California. So they do believe he is still alive and he's somewhere in California. It was always suspected that his family knew where he was at, but they were never able to prove it. Also, his execution had been changed to a life sentence without the possibility of parole. He is now in his 70s and anyone with any information can contact the U.S. Marshals at 1-866-4-WANTED. This man literally got away with murder. I mean, he was sentenced to death he received the death penalty on a, because California deemed the death penalty unconstitutional at the time. It was commuted to a life sentence without the possibility of parole, yet he has been out and about and free for 50 years. Today's true crime trivia question is, which death row's inmate last meal was eggplant parmesan and pasta alfredo and i'll have the answer for you tomorrow there is nothing interesting in today in true crime history it was announced today that the body of alexis gabe from california was found 
She has been missing since January of this year, so 11 months, and her boyfriend was suspected as knowing something about her disappearance and later her murder. What may or may not have led them to her body was a note written by Marshall Jones, her boyfriend, describing the route to an area in Pioneer, California, about 70 miles outside of Sacramento, where he may have disposed of her body. He was killed in a police confrontation in June. And this letter, it was posted online by Alexis's father with all of the details. And law enforcement were finally able to find her body. It was skeletal partial remains and they had to use dental records in order to identify her. They did say that it's not all of the remains and they believe the rest of her remains are scattered. I don't know if it's because this was a rural area with wild animals that may have scattered the remains or the possibility that the alleged killer, Marshall Jones, her boyfriend, may have dismembered her. I'm sure we'll get more facts and more information after the autopsy is completed because they still do autopsies, right? Even after they find skeletal remains, a lot of the times it's an anthropologist who does it. But if you want to know more about autopsies and things like that, I highly recommend the Body Bags podcast. It's so good and it gives a lot of information into the forensics. And you guys know I love forensics. We have a new feature every Monday. It's Missing Mondays, and we are featuring a missing indigenous person. We've decided to go down the list alphabetically by state and pick the oldest cases and do it that way. A lot of the states don't have any, and I think it's probably because some states just don't have a high concentration of a native and indigenous population. While researching these cases, I have noticed that there is very little information on a lot of them, which I think is really unfortunate. Today's Missing Mondays person is Ida May Lee. She is enrolled with the Navajo Nation. She was 25 years old at the time of her disappearance, and today she would be 91 years old. She disappeared from the Grand Canyon National Park in Arizona, which is in Coconino County. There is very little information that I have been able to find about this case. But the last contact with her was on November 1st, 1956, or it's estimated to be the date. 
she was working at a Grand Canyon National Park hotel and it's unknown what the name of the hotel is. She was approximately between 5'1 and 5'5 and 110 to 120 pounds and had brown hair when she went missing. She also had brown eyes and she did not go missing from tribal land, but it's estimated that her primary residence was on the Navajo reservation. Again, very little information regarding her disappearance. If you have any information regarding this case, you can contact the Coconino County Sheriff's Department at 928-226-5033. It's funny because I got a message this week from a listener and they asked me why we are focusing on such old cases when these people probably they'll never be found. And I thought that was kind of a callous and kind of nasty message. I don't think it was meant that way. But the reason we do this is because you never know, right? You never know if somebody somewhere knows something and they might hear this podcast or Maybe someone listening to this podcast remembers a story that their great, 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 great uncle told. You never know. And if it's helpful, that's amazing. If it's not, at least there's some awareness out there because we're sponges. We absorb information and cases have been solved off of less than that. But the biggest part of this is that we want people to know that there are people that have disappeared that are missing and have been missing for decades and every family deserves closure and every Jane and John Doe that has been found, they deserve to be identified. And that's why we do what we do. That's why on Mondays we're featuring missing indigenous people and that's why on Wednesdays and Fridays we feature missing children the coldest cases possible because you never know. You guys know that whenever I find something that's true crime related and interesting I like to share it. There is a nuke podcast that has come out it's called Deep Dark Secrets. You can listen to it wherever you listen to podcasts. And I learned about something new called death fetish. Okay. And I don't even want to Google it. I did Google it, but it kind of freaked me out. We all know what a fetish is, right? And what death fetish is essentially is people who are aroused by death, but it has this completely dark underground community that people are not aware of. 
And some of the things that are in this underground dark community, everybody knows what necrophilia is, which is performing a sexual act on a dead body. But do you know what symphorophilia is? It's people who get sexually aroused by watching people dying. And in this death fetish community, people are aroused by corpses. And it is a very interesting podcast, extremely well done. And I'm kind of obsessed with it because it is creepy and kind of scary that there are people out there that are in this community. I mean, there's pornography, essentially, of people having sexual intercourse with actors, obviously, that are portraying dead corpses. It blows my mind, but then again, it really doesn't because there are some really strange fetishes out there. Some of them sicker than others. So I shouldn't be as surprised as I am. But I really encourage anyone who likes true crime and things like that, listen to this podcast. I think there should be an awareness of what death fetish is. Because again, it is creepy and a little scary. But they do an excellent job. Um, I've listened to the majority of the episodes that they have out so far, but it is extremely well done. As of today, they have seven episodes out, and I should probably mention that it is hosted by Alicia Lockhart and LaDonna Humphrey. The first episode talks, uh, they talk about why they started this podcast and how they met, which is a very interesting and cool story. And that's it for today's mini daily episode. So glad that I made it much shorter than last Monday's episode and we'll catch you tomorrow.